Sports Day for Kia. The seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. Yeah, great to have you company. Peter Vlahos here. This is Sports Day, and we're live uh, from the Toolkit Depot studios here at Optus Stadium. You can join us anytime on the Temper of Bedshed text machine, 0487 736 736. He made 66 not out from 54 balls yesterday, but we just fell short by six runs of Perth Scorchers against the Sydney Sixers. And Stephen Eskenazi, who's called a global cricketer, many call him, I've been looking forward to having a chat to Stephen, and he joins us on the program now. Stephen, thanks for your time. Anytime, Peter. How are you going? Great knock yesterday. We just fell a fraction short, but all good teams do lose the occasional game, and the Scorchers still are in a very good position for the remainder of the BBL season. And it looks like you've found your way into the side and scoring a few runs. You must be pretty happy. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I think it was a, a very productive um, trip of the East Coast, going there and beating the Heat and beating the Thunder at the showgrounds a couple of days ago and obviously falling short to a really strong Sixers side is no disgrace and maybe a good checkpoint for us as a group to, to check back in with the things that we do well. As you said, losing a game at that stage in the competition is by no means the end of the world. We're still top of the ladder um, with two home games to go. So we know our destiny is in our own hands and if we can play you know, anywhere near the standard we've been playing the last couple of weeks, we'll be we'll be flying into that back end of the competition really confident. I'm really keen to find out more about uh, Stephen Eskenazi in just a moment, but I need to talk to you about the incident yesterday with the 30 old, 39-year-old wily old man in Dan Christian. He stopped during yeah. his run-up, offered a warning to yourself uh, at the non-striker's end, and reportedly says, now, that's your warning, mate, as he walked back to the top of his mark. <laughs> what happened exactly? Take us through that moment. Well, I think the two or three previous balls, AJ Ty had knocked a few twos down the ground. Um, and I might not be known as the, the quickest guy on the circuit, but I don't think I was trying to steal too much ground. And I managed to come back. Um, and look, I think DC was just obviously trying to make sure that in a crunch game um, with a set batter that I wasn't taking any liberties there. But I think if he was to go and watch the replays of you know how much ground I was trying to take, I was basically still in my crease when he was releasing it. So... Look, I don't think there was any malice involved. It is within the laws of the game, you know, whether it's in the spirit of the game, I'm not entirely sure. But, um, you know, he did give me a warning. If he had taken the bails there and I was an inch out, I would have been pretty disappointed. But, um, yeah, all's well that that ends well. Um, I do think it is going to be a little bit more um, common to see those sorts of things happen. And it is going to keep batters more in their crease. Um, and I'm sure all the bowlers in the Big Bash are quite happy with that. But um, but I wasn't too perturbed by it. It wasn't too much of an issue. Yeah. The man-can incident uh, all of a sudden is becoming quite pronounced, as we say, with Adam Zampa leading the way just a few weeks ago. Now, Steve, you're a keeper, you're a batsman, you're a modern-day player, you play around the world, you're a product of three nations, you were born in Johannesburg, I think, to an English mother and a Zimbabwean father. I tell you what, you're a bit of a mixture, aren't you? Yeah, a pretty unique cricketing story, to be honest. Well, a pretty unique background in general. Um, a lot of my family living in South Africa. I've got my brother living in London. I've lived there for 10 years. My parents have sort of bounced around Australia for a lot of the last 20 years from Perth. Went to Melbourne for a few years. A bit of a stint in Canberra and back here. So 
yeah, friends in a lot of different cities, which is pretty cool. Um, but pretty amazing to be able to come back to Perth and represent Western Australia and, and play with some good old friends and for the first time in my 10-year career play some games in front of friends and family, which has been pretty special. Saying that, you played for WA at underage level and you played local cricket here, great cricket, didn't you? Was it uh, with Claremont Netherlands? Yep, Claremont Netherlands is my um, great team that I played for about 10 years going up before I went to the UK and then I came back and played the odd summer here and there when I first started playing for Middlesex. So you became a professional cricketer when you went to England after you left Perth, is that correct? And you played, what, for Hampshire? Uh, initially, I went over um, and played for Middlesex, which is based in North London at Lords. Yeah. Uh, and I've been fortunate enough to be pretty much playing there the majority of the last 10 years or so. Um, as I said, the first couple of years, I managed to get back to Perth and play some grade cricket. But you know what it's like with, with opportunities in the winter and when you settle in a new city, um, it's been a little bit more difficult to get back. So I thought I'd come back for one, you know, one almost last hurrah and then to get this opportunity, couldn't have worked out any better. How did the invitation come about for you to come back and wear the orange? Well, I think naturally, you know, the landscape of short format cricket at the moment is there's so many competitions. I think at the moment, we were talking at the airport today, there's the Big Bash, the SAT20, the ILT20, and one other competition. So, you know, you're talking about a big pool of overseas players being used. Um, and I was smart and just coming back here. And, you know, worst case scenario was I was going to train out here um, with Jim Allen being a coach. I was going to just play my club cricket, spend some time with some family. Um, and best case scenario, I was going to put myself in a position to, to be a replacement player, you know, whether that was to be for, for Perth or any of the other big bash teams. I wasn't too sure at the time. Um, and then naturally there was a bit of poor luck with some of the overseas players um, that Perth had picked up in the draft and I was just here playing and training for Claremont and then Vosey just called me up and, and the opportunity arose at the start of December. So, yeah, I'd say it's a little bit lucky, but also I, I sort of knew the opportunities would arise in this competition and I wanted to make sure that I was in the best position possible to, to take it. Of course, you took your position at the top of the order after Faf Duplessis had to go back and play in the inaugural South African T20 competition. He's playing for Joburg at the moment. I think it's a super giants. Uh, and you came in once he left. Yeah, exactly. So I think it was quite um, a nice lead and for me personally and also for the organisation for me to be around and get to know the culture of, of the way the Scorchers play and get to watch a few games and just observe and, and see how I could maybe get in there and, and make an impact. So to be able to train with the boys and spend time with them for two or three weeks beforehand was, you know, fantastic. I was itching to get out there. It was, it was great to spend time with someone like Faf, who was a sporting idol of mine and somebody who I've looked up to my whole career. Um, and then to be able to come in after the back of some good weeks preparation for me on the Optus practice surfaces, um, and making sure that I, any adjustments that I needed to make, I was able to make then. And I think that's helped me be able to try and hit the ground running and, and make a positive impact in these last couple of games. And, you know, we know that competition's hotting up, particularly in the top three. So there's no time to, to dilly-dally. It's about getting in there and, and trying to win games for Perth as quickly as possible. So hopefully I can take a bit of that rhythm from the last few games into Wednesday, Friday and Sunday. Okay, this is the biggest question of the interview. Get ready, Stephen, okay? Now, you've got uh, a dual passport, an English passport, an Australian passport. What nationality are you? Oh, it's a very good question (laughs) and one that I've been asked a lot of. I I might not sound it, but but I certainly think of myself as British. Um, I did my secondary schooling in Australia, but outside of that, I lived 
in the UK for about 10 years before I moved here and about 10 years since I've been back. So, so London is home for me at the moment. Um, my life has been in Britain for the last 10 years. Um, you know, I've spent a lot of my time trying to play for England and, and still incredibly passionate about trying to do that. So um, I might have a twang um, and I might use the word stoked and those sorts of things, but I am, I'm British through and through, I'd say. But Eskenazi is not a British surname, is it? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I mean, my, like you said, my dad was Zimbabwean. Um, we have some Egyptian heritage on my dad's side. Um, and I grew up a, a little bit at the start of my life in South Africa too. So, yeah, a little bit all over the place. Um, <laughs> a lot of different cultures and a lot of different places. But we've seen you can hit the ball because in the T20 Blast, you scored your first century, I think an unbeaten 102 just recently. And you've played, of course, the short form of the game. I think you even replaced Ian Morgan uh, as the T20 captain for Middlesex. Was it last season you took over the captaincy from Morgan? Yeah, I took over full-time captaincy at Middlesex last year, which was pretty special for me after nine or ten years um, at the organisation to be able to to learn under someone like Morgie, who's probably, you know, the best white ball captain ever to have played the game was incredible for me. Um, and I think it was a nice time for him as he came to the end of his international career. Still having him in the team was, was awesome for me to be able to bounce ideas off, but to be able to take over a little bit more responsibility was, was quite nice for me. And I think it came at, a, at the right time. Good stuff. Of course, the game on Wednesday is here at uh, the Perth Stadium, Optus Stadium, Perth Scorchers against the Hobart Hurricanes. What do you think about your home ground? Yeah, it's a pretty special place to play and a pretty intimidating place to come and play your cricket. Um, the surface obviously poses a lot more questions than a lot of the East Coast wickets. And I think to be able to come over here and not having experienced that a lot, it's going to be really tough for, for someone who hasn't played there too much in a team like Hobart to come. But we know they're incredibly talented. They've got an, an unbelievable batting lineup. You know, the likes of McDermott and Wade and, and David and some high-quality overseas players. And they've got some pace too. So, look, I think if... If we can create the atmosphere of that ground like we have done, it's a really tough place to come and win, and, and we've played some of our best cricket there. So hopefully we can pack the stadium and put on a bit of a show. Good on you, Steve. Lovely to talk to you, mate. Congratulations uh, on your last couple of innings, and may it continue on Wednesday night. Thank you very much, Rich. Thanks for having me on. Good on you. Uh, Stephen Eskenazi, the uh, Perth Scorchers opening bat, joining us here on Sports Day.